With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Bears Nation Podcast. Powered by ONTAP Sports Network. Football. You like to play football? Football, of course. It's a football game. Can we watch, Daddy? Bears Nation. For me, I just... Try not to make excuses. No matter, you know, what the situation is, you know, I'm going to go out there on the field and play my hardest for my teammates, for my coaches. As a men's athlete, you know, obviously he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Hard worker, leader, and you can see that he makes guys around him better. You know, his work obviously speaks for itself. You know, he leads from the front. It's the Bears Nation Podcast. We've got to get through to Chicago. Here's your host, Kevin Lapka. All right, all right, all right. And Jake Hassan. I'm the dude. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. We're back, Bears Nation podcast. It is Monday, July 24th. It's good to see everybody, and we don't see you, but good to see Kevin Lapka, who I see generally every day anyway, but myself, Jake Hassan, with Kevin Lapka. This is Bears Nation podcast, brought to you, as always, by ONTAP Sportsnet. Go to ONTAP Sports for everything Bears, Bulls, White Sox, uh, Cubs, did I say Blackhawks? I think I didn't, but Blackhawks anyway, that's five. And all your major Chicago sporting needs go to ONTAP Sportsnet, including for this podcast, which is Bears Nation podcast. And as I mentioned off the top, we are back. Took a little hiatus. It's the off season. You know, we had, it's been a while. We did a couple post-draft episodes. Couple uh, There was rookie mini camps. We talked to Mark Grody a little bit over the offseason. Go back a couple uh, episodes for that conversation. Really insightful about the offense and defense and changes that uh, we can expect. But we're about to get into the thick of it, ladies and gentlemen. It's the end of July. Veteran camp starts about 48 hours from now, a couple hours less, actually, on Wednesday morning. It is the Monday before training camp. So me and Kevin are back. We're going to do quick 30, 40 minutes, give you guys our thoughts on training camp, what we expect to see, what we hope to see. And then we're really going to start ramping it up. We're going to start coming back weekly, uh, a little bit more regularly, give training camp updates, training camp thoughts, position battles, how the rookies are, things of that nature. And then we're almost into the preseason. We're almost into the season then. So we are getting closer and closer to Bears Nation podcast being in your lives two times a week all the time again, ladies and gentlemen. But Kevin Lapka, how are we doing? 
Dude, summer's flying by. Like it you is. just you said it July twenty fourth, and I'm like, what? Like the fourth of July was twenty days ago. Like the beginning of summer was a month ago, and I, I just I can't comprehend it. And this always happens. And now we're into the football season, pretty much, and it's just gonna be like the snap of a finger. And it's gonna be week one, and your Chicago Bears are gonna be playing against the Green Bay Packers at three twenty five on Fox, and it's gonna be absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so yeah, man, I'm excited. We're gonna go through training camp, and you know. We've been dying for content about the Bears, and there's been a couple headlines, a couple storylines that we'll hit. We're going to do a little finger training camp. Jake, we're bringing it back. It. Finger Love training it. camp. Got a, got a couple things on there for that. Uh, some Madden ratings came out. Everyone knows, or at least loyal listeners of the podcast know, uh, our last Madden ratings segment <laughs> from last year did uh, quite popular on TikTok. Uh, or, or unpopular, depending views. on your viewpoint. Or unpopular, yeah, depending on your view. But if you're a Patriots fan, uh, you weren't too happy with Mr. Hassan over here. Eh, uh, I go but, for gasps. Yeah, 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 you do, man. And that's what we love about you. You do it. So let's have a show, man. Let's do it. All right. I mean, Kevin, let's just get right into it. I mean, training camp starts in about 48 hours or so and coming up. I mean, less than that, really. I mean, we're recording this right now. It's you know Monday afternoon already, so we're about 44 hours less even than that uh, from training camp fully starting. And, I mean, we got all the rookies. Obviously, Darnell Wright is the biggest thing uh, that we're looking for because the offensive line, uh, if you look at the poll that The Athletic did uh, and their you know annual Bears fan poll of what Bears fans are most worried about, an offensive line is still up there, and obviously – really. We have, uh, you know, some not shuffling, but some uncertainty. You know, you have a rookie that's going to be presumably starting at right tackle. You have a brand new right guard. You have Cody Whitehair going back to center. You have Tevin Jenkins switching to left guard. And year two of Braxton Jones, who started every single game at left tackle as a rookie. So offensive line, still a major issue. Do you feel the same, Kevin? Because I, I kind of get it. I I'm, I think I'm in the same boat as far as offensive line being the thing I look to, to the most of this training camp. It's not even close for me, actually. I, I don't think it's offensive line. I think it's the front four, and I think it's what you have going on with two young rookies up there in, 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 uh, in the middle of that front four, right? We know that Justin Jones is still going to be there, but the primary sure. aspect of that is going to be finding your true three-tech in either Zach Pickens or likely Gervon Dexter. And, of course, the, the lack of talent on the edge, and we'll get to this later in the show, but what they will do to address that potentially in the coming weeks as training camp begins. But when you look at the offensive line, no, I'm not that worried about it. Okay. Is there any ambiguity across it yes right with Tevin Jenkins moving around and, and Nate Davis and what his role might be where does Lucas Patrick fit in is he just a rotational guy is Cody Whitehair really true as a center going back to that position for the first time in a couple of years right I'm not worried about the development of Darnell Wright people have to understand that it, it, it's it's pretty likely even for top 10 picks as offensive linemen that the growing pains are existent, uh, especially at the tackle position among rookies. Like if you think about a lot of the higher picks at that position the last couple years, aside from like Tristan Wirfs, who was really good out of the gate for the Buccaneers, like Andrew Thomas for the Giants, like there's um, Mackie Becton was, was okay, but there was growing pains for him too. Like, there's going to be growing pains. Like, I think Darnell Wright is going to bring an aspect of energy and Nazi to that offensive line, but he's going to make mistakes. And, and those sure. things, and you have to understand that that's going to happen. And you can't get frustrated when it does happen because he's a first round rookie at right tackle. So I'm not that worried about offensive line. Is there going to be probably the most storylines out of that and Justin Fields? Yes. Like, there will be a lot to talk about, but my worry lies in that front four more than it does with the offensive line. 
Sure. And I think most Bears fans tilt towards the offensive line just because that's directly tied to Justin Fields' success, too. I mean, I mean, you can't have success with Justin Fields unless you have success on the offensive line, as we saw many times last year. I mean, when Justin Fields was under pressure, yeah, he can make magic and, you know, make certain things happen that you don't expect and they make you go, holy shit. But, I mean, the guy, the kid needs time to throw. I mean, that's the only way he's going to get better. So I get where the majority of Bears fans are coming from. But in that poll from The Athletic that I referenced, I mean, what you just said, you know, pass rush and front four was second. And it, and it wasn't close, I would say, but it was a big chunk of the voting. And for all the reasons that you mentioned that, I mean, I get it. Bears were dead last in pass rush. There were a lot of issues. We talked about almost every week on this podcast, on this show, how you had no pass rush. You had nobody pressuring the quarterback. And that's why the Bears did address it with the selections of Dexter and Pickens. And I will say, I, I'm excited about the amount of positivity. And of course, it's July 24th. Everything and most things that you hear are going to be positive, especially regarding rookies, because people like to get excited and you like to gas these guys up and hope that they can be contributors and starters and maybe even pro bowlers at a certain point. But I am encouraged by all the positive reviews, I guess it would be the word, or the positive news coming out about uh, Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, because if that's to be believed. If even 80% of that is true, your pass rush and your front four, your defensive line, that productivity goes way up as opposed to last year. Yeah, it does. I mean, if you get Gervon Dexter to be a day one starter who's wreaking havoc up there, you know, it, it's currently Justin Jones, but that's a training camp battle that we can sure. keep an eye on, right? Like if Dexter plays well, there's no reason that he should, you know, jump ahead of Justin Jones there. You don't owe Justin Jones a ton of money. You're not going to cut him. I'm not saying you're going to cut him. But if you got a young rookie who's playing well, throw him into the fire, right? I mean, we, we've been fans of that throughout, you know, the, the duration of this podcast. We've been doing it for five years. I don't care if this guy's a veteran. If the young player is playing well and he brings a certain type of energy and he brings something to the table that the veteran doesn't, then throw him into the fire. I don't care if he's a rookie, right? Um, but you look at like Andrew Billings, right? Like is Andrew Billings really going to be good enough to stave off Zach Pickens like there's a chance Jake that both of those guys are starting week one like I truly think that's a possibility and even if they're not both starting they're both going to have you know significant roles where okay Justin Jones maybe is in for first down and then you're going to switch based on your defensive set and bring in Gervon Dexter based on what you want to do um, but it's essential like you mentioned like people don't talk about it enough Jaquan Brisker was the sack leader for the Bears last year. Like, With what four. are we doing here? Four. With four. Yeah, it's not like Jaquan Brisker was racking up 12 sacks from the safety position. Well, and that's not no, to take anything four. away from Jaquan Brisker. We think he can be no, an all-pro. No, no, yeah. But, right. yeah, four sacks is like you can't have it. <laughs> you just can't. It's, it, it, it's unfathomable, actually. Like, there was multiple players in the NFL last year. I believe Chandler Jones week one had three sacks in a game. Yeah. Like there was a, like, like right. come on. Yeah, I mean, um, you had singular so, players in the NFL have almost as many sacks as the bears did as a team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely disgusting, but you talk about like some of the hype that's been generated around Jervon Dexter and you haven't seen as much of it with Zach Pickens, but we've seen the workout videos with Dexter and people are getting excited. And there's honestly been a lot of the same for Demarcus Walker. And I think there's a lot of people sure. that believe that a change of scenery for him, um, you know, with Matt Eberflus in this defense coming from Tennessee, he can, he can thrive in this position. And that's great. Like, I, I hope you're right. And I, I think he'll have a role in this team, but you also can't be content, right? Demarcus Walker is not a premier edge rusher. He's on a two-year deal for a reason. He's not, he's on a two-year deal for a reason. He, he, he's, he's 
got a guy who can get you four and a half, maybe five sacks. He can hopefully provide a little pressure, maybe a few QB hits. But I'm still at this moment, Jake, where I'm not satisfied. And this is a team that we believe can be competitive. And if you want this team to be competitive and win this division, you know, especially if injuries happen, like I'm just reading on ESPN right now, CJ Gardner-Johnson was just carted off today for the yeah. Lions. That's their big ticket free agent uh, in the secondary. He, he got carted off. And the unfortunate thing about training camp is these things will happen. Like we've mm-hmm. already seen Chase Claypool go on the PUP list. If one of those guys at edge rusher goes down, you're talking about Dominique Robinson, Rasheen Green, and Travis Gibson as your guys that you're relying on to provide pressure. You have a great secondary, but it all starts up front. I, they have to go get somebody, Jake, and it has yeah. to happen soon because teams are making moves left and right as training camp begins. Yeah, and that brings me to a perfect segue into what I was just going to bring up. We did get a report that the Bears are actively making calls to guys who are still available, and this is kind of in the same vein as the Michael Schofield and uh, Riley Reef signings uh, from last mm-hmm. year where you brought in a couple veterans who had some experience in the NFL and were still free on the you know eve especially, essentially of training camp. You brought him in, and Riley Reef, especially, ended up being kind of a key piece to that offensive line towards the end of the year, which kind of says more about where you were as a team. But, I mean, the report being that Yannick Ngakwe is a name that's getting thrown out there a lot. I mean, 28 years old, had nine and a half sacks for the Colts last year, a Colts team that was without Shaq Leonard for most of the year, uh, especially, I mean, ended the year on season-ending IR, Colts team that wasn't very good either, but, you know, had nine and a half sacks and still only 28 I, th- I know that's a guy that you're eyeing, Kevin. Like, does this end with the Bears signing Yannick Ngakwe to go on the opposite side of Demarcus Walker? I mean, I don't. It, it's either it's it, it's either that or it's trading for Chase Young, which I still think is on the table. And sure. the sale of the team for the Commanders makes things a whole lot more interesting. Willingham, Limino Willingham from... Uh, 1067 the fan on the better angle on BetQL this past weekend and he said that they, he's unsure that they'll trade him but anytime you have a change in ownership they might want to run things differently and the impact that they have on the team on the field maybe they want a fresh start right get rid of him get a, another pick yeah. god knows but regardless it's either Yannick Ngakwe it's Chase Young and I, I it's one of the two right like and even if it is, right, the other names available that people are probably throwing out, Jadavion Clowney, who's 30, right, lower value, he's been injured, sure. Melvin Ingram, who's 34, right, Justin Houston, who's 34. Or maybe multiple. It doesn't have to just be multiple. one guy. I, I mean, it could be a combination of Yannick Ngakwe and Jadavion Clowney or uh, Melvin Ingram or whoever. Like, it doesn't have to just end with one guy. I will say on the Chase Young conversation, like, to me, it kind of feels like that won't happen until the season has started now because you have all this excitement around the commanders. Everybody's buzzing about them. They maybe feel like they can be a team that yeah. contends for a playoff spot. Maybe they see if they get a revitalized Chase Young. And if not, or if they're bad, you know, I mean, kind of predicates on, and like you said, we had uh, Lionel Willingham on uh, the better angle over the weekend. And he said, you know, it, it depends on Sam Howell and how he plays. And if he shows that he can maybe kind of scratch that ceiling or kind of get close to that ceiling, and they're a team that's on pace for nine, maybe even 10 wins, then they probably hold on to Chase Young. Or he just doesn't report or or something, and they say, you know what, screw it. But maybe that that to me smells more like a mid-season trade as far as Chase Young goes. To me, I could be Uh, wrong, obviously. Yeah, like around the trade deadline, you're saying something like that. Uh Like, I mean, that's possible, but it's also like – 
if you enter training camp and you have a really strong sense of what he's capable of right now, and, and maybe, you know, you got younger guys, you got Effie Obata, you've got Montez Sweat, you obviously have the two studs in the middle that you re-signed to extensions and Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Like if you're comfortable, if you right, go sure. through training camp and you're the commanders and you're comfortable, you say, hey, we have a, probably the best, you know, two nose tackles and defensive tackles in the league as a tandem in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And we have Montez Sweat who can, you know, who could do a little bit on the edge and maybe we're comfortable with our depth and we're willing to trade Chase Young for some capital. And they recognize that in training camp, it's very reminiscent of the Khalil Mack situation, right? At that given time, sure. um, you know, I want to say that might've been Max Crosby's rookie year. And maybe that the, the Raiders had a, uh, a hunch that at that moment it was okay to trade Khalil Mack because they had younger guys. I believe that was Max Crosby was a rookie the year after. So I take that back on that sense, but maybe they just had this sense that, Hey, you know, Khalil Mack is not as valuable to our team as he once was. We'll willing sure. to trade him. And obviously that was a trade that came a week before the season. Like if a yeah. chase young trade right. were going to happen, it's not today. It's not tomorrow. It's probably around that same time frame. but back to the point of whether it is a free agent or whether it is chase young. Well, chase Young's a different story because if you trade it for him, I believe you have to sign him to a contract extension, um, mm -hmm. which is totally fine. But if it is Justin Houston or Yannick Ngakwe or Javion Clowney, People need to understand that at this point, you're you're done looking for like you, you can't. None of those guys are going to be on a four year contract who are going to be here for the Super Bowl winner. You're not finding that. You're saying, hey, this is 2023. We have a chance to win the division. We are buying a one year rental and selling out for this year, and that's fine. There's no there's no harm in doing it. You have the cap space to spend eight million dollars on a one year contract for Yannick Ngakwe, and he's a player who's he's 27. If he plays well, he kind of 28. If he has a career resurgence, I, I wouldn't even call it a resurgence. Like he was he was fine last year. Um, then you sign him to that three year deal where hey, we want you to be part of this core for the Super Bowl window. Sure. You're not signing any of these guys to a four year deal, but if you want to be competitive this year, which I believe they do, like you have no reason not to. You have no reason to to tank. You have no reason to live in mediocrity. You're going to try to be a competitive football team all year and set the tone for what is a Super Bowl winner that begins in 2024. And if you want to do that, throw eight, throw, I mean, for a guy like Justin Houston, if you want to find a rental, throw $3 million. Maybe that's probably even too expensive. $2 million. Like get a guy in a one-year deal, get a guy in the building, a veteran. You got a lot of young guys right. um, along that defensive line. Like, I, That's the I thing think too. I think the mentorship like part of this is like sure. it, like you have. We talked about Dexter and Pickens, and they're obviously rookies. Dominic Robinson, we like his athletic ability and his you know his theorized ceiling, but nothing is there. Like who's the, like Justin Jones is the mentor you like. You want guys who. And not, that's not a knock on Justin Jones, but you need just more guys with veteran experience who have been on those playoff teams or playoff caliber teams and can kind of mold the direction of this team. And maybe maybe this is when, when you think about like there's a lot of people right now on Twitter who are upset about the timeline of this. Right. Like, you know, you, you see other teams like uh, there's been a bunch of free agents going off the board, like a lot of like a yeah. lot of mid tier guys like sure. um, who people would expect to be you know, taking around this time, but maybe the timeline, the thought process for Ryan Poles and the bears is, you know, like the Khalil Mack situation, like you were kind of excited about that season ahead of it, right? Because Mitch was in his second year and people were betting him to win MVP. And I mean, Al it was Robinson kind of where we town. were, where we are now. Like, I think that season right. we had, it was the, still the 16 game season, but I think we were saying like, 
I mean, you obviously are the optimist that you are eternally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you had said like 10 wins, and I think I sure. had said seven or eight, which still isn't crazy. 10 wins isn't, isn't nuts. And but like we're kind of in that same zone. Like I think I said, uh, you know, a couple months ago before the draft, I said eight and nine would be perfect. You said they should shoot a little bit higher, which is totally fair. But we're still in that kind of same zone. And then they traded for Khalil Mack, and it's like, oh shit! Like they want to try and win 10, 11, 12 games, which they obviously went on to have a really good season. But it's kind of like that same zone now. Like we are in Justin Fields' second full year of starting. Da, 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 da. Like you like some of the weapons that you have. You like some of the pieces on defense. It's kind of a similar situation. It's I mean, it, it's very similar, right? I mean, if you think about the odds at that time for the Bears from the Super Bowl before the Cleo Mack trade, it's probably pretty similar to what it is right now. A lot of hype for a young quarterback. Obviously, sure. Justin Fields has more of it, more reasons to have more of it. Uh, but you got, you know, a, a big ticket receiver in the offseason. At the time, it was Allen Robinson. Now it's DJ Moore. Uh, the defense, obviously, not comparable. That was the first... That- uh... Correct me if I'm wrong. What's his face? Uh, who was your number two that you're at? Uh, Taylor Gabriel. That was his first Taylor year Gabriel. too, as well. Yeah, right? I think. Yeah, and Taylor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think Taylor that was, was. Was that the Anthony Miller was the number two, but Gabriel was like right. You early. drafted Anthony Miller, I think, that year. Did you might have? I think he might have been drafted. It was definitely Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, one two. Was that the Jimmy Graham year too, or was that no? That the was following year. That was the tw- that was the COVID season. Who was the? Or, oh, was that Zach Miller? No, that was. Or was he? Had, had he got injured already? That was like. Um, who bookended? Who's that guy they signed. Yeah, who was in the middle of the? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Trey Burke. Trey. Trey Burke. No, Trey. Uh, no, not Trey. Trey. Uh, uh, Trey Burton. Trey Burton. Burton. Trey yes. Burton. Oh God, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, he had a. He didn't have a bad year, He's but fine. I'm pretty but sure uh, he was. Injured he was for ultra playoff. hyped though. Like people were like, "All right, like that." I mean, yeah. Oh, Adam Shaheen, that was that year too. Stop. Oh man, Stop. the Trey Burton Adam Shaheen duo was. Stop. That Stop. was a time. All right, we can Stop. move on. Uh, no, well, I, I just want to say, like, I, I think just about the timing. Like the Bears are timing this perfectly, where you know that this team is going to get a lot of buzz in training camp. Like it's just going to happen. The NFL is going to tweet out videos of Justin Fields throwing passes. DJ Moore hype is going to be generated and. Maybe or maybe they're saying, hey, like, let's let this build up a little bit. Let's win a preseason game to get him excited. Right. And then around late August before the season, we'll sign Yannick Ngakwe. And sure. boom, it's the Bears and we're ready. And it's week <laughs> one versus the Packers. Like, they would be so intelligent and so Bears to do it. So, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of DJ Moore and all these guys that we're individually talking about, let's do some Madden ratings. Last year, as Kevin alluded to at the top of the show, uh, I I pissed off a very specific, weirdly specific subset of NFL Twitter and uh, NFL TikTok, uh, where I uh, famously gave some disrespect and some shade to uh, what's the say? I don't even remember his name. Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. Yes, of course. When I didn't know who he was, um, couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. And a lot of Patriots fans and a weird subset of NFL fans got really mad at me. So uh, we're running it back. So Kevin has a bunch of Madden ratings, and I am going to try and guess. If they are higher or lower than another player uh, out there in the NFL sphere, so Kevin, without further ado, what do we got? Well, uh, do you want to just say that because of last year? Let's just re- I just want to real quick for your validation because we know you love that, right? We know we know uh, this yeah. Is in my vanity, I do love you, talking about myself, hence why yeah, the show exists. Famously, famously, uh, Darna Mooney's 
yards last year in comparison to Kendrick Bourne. If anyone doesn't remember, we'll just detail it. Kendrick Bourne was rated higher than Darna Mooney and Madden last year. Sure and Jake said that was absolutely ridiculous and said he didn't even know who Kendrick Bourne was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to look at exactly how many games Kendrick Bourne played last year. Wasn't a lot. But it wasn't a lot. No, no, no. It, it was. Uh, he played more games than Darna Mooney, which is which is why this is significant because Darna Mooney had more yards than him. Um in last game. So Kendrick Bourne played 16 games last year, 434 yards. Jordan Mooney played like what? Nine games. He had awesome. 493. <laughs> so he had more yards than him in eight less games. So Jake, your validation is there. That video oh, got like a million views. So you are uh, vindicated. I well, let's suppose. do it again. Let's go. Let's do it again. Uh, we're not going to do comparisons to other t- players this year to, to oh. save Jake from absolute bashing on the internet but i just want to give you the opportunity to go overrated underrated on these bears players let's okay. start with justin fields obviously uh 76 overall seems a little low to me but his speed is 93 three points lower than lamar jackson at 96 madden are you watching the games next gen stats literally has a database for this on how to measure speed and you are disregarding it lamar jackson is not three madden points faster than justin fields but 76 overall are uh, overrated or underrated I'm going to be really lame and say properly rated. I think this is about right. We still have a lot of question marks around Justin Fields, especially the passing game. Yeah, he's a great athlete. He's a great runner. But there are still facets of his game managing and his passing game ability that we need answered. And I think 76, based on his raw athleticism and what he brings you in the running game, is fair. Uh, I, I think that you have opportunity to prove that wrong. If by midseason, whenever they update these, I totally could see them being in, you know, see Justin Fields getting into the low 80s. But as of right now, I think this is properly rated. Yeah, I mean, I would obviously give him like a, a 79, maybe 76 would. seems a little low. How about Nathan Peterman, 49 overall? <laughs> uh, overrated. <laughs> Overrated by about Overrated. 20 points. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right, let's uh let's go to let's go to DJ Moore, who has the same speed rating as Justin Fields at 93. DJ Moore is an 86. Uh for players around him, you have Calvin Ridley in 85, Chris Godwin in 86, Brandon Ayuk in 86. Uh DJ Moore overrated or underrated on Madden. What was it again? One more time, sorry. 86 overall. Uh I'll say. I want to say underrated, but my brain really says properly rated. I think he has big game ability, and we do think that there is a little potential that can be unlocked now that he's out of Carolina. But as of right now, in this moment of time, July 24th, like I think I would say a little bit underrated. I, I think like 88 maybe range is more appropriate. But again, like this is the same thing. Like I could totally see him being in the 90s. Like it's directly tied to Justin Fields. Like if Justin Fields Correct. goes up, theoretically DJ Moore is going up. And we've heard a lot of positive things that they're like best buds right now as far as like at least in game where they just have this connection right off the bat. I'll say slightly underrated, but which but with the potential to go way up and be majorly underrated. Yeah, I, I'm with you. He's one of those players that like, you know, Madden does in season rating boost. Like it it could be like week three and he could be like a 90 overall. Like I think he could have that type of impact on the offense. Let's do a couple more here before we do thing or training camp. Uh, And and there's another conversation to have about this player as he went on the PUP list. And everyone's a little concerned about that. Chase Claypool came in at a 76 for context. Darna Mooney was an 81. So that's five points lower than Darna Mooney. So I guess that ends all conversations of who the true wide receiver two is for this team. But 76 for Claypool, like I'll check his rating last year, but that's like, pretty low in my opinion and i don't even know if it's overrated or underrated but i'm just like damn like they they really dropped him off 
Yeah, I think he was in the 80s, last because I remember Chase he Claypool was somebody we did with Darnell Mooney's uh, Madden rating last year as far as yeah. high, should be higher or lower. And I remember Claypool being, I remember saying that Mooney was lower, appropriately lower. And I think because Claypool was in the, about the 80s, I think they might have flipped even. Like, I think it might have been about the same number and just it, like Claypool was 81. You're putting in the chat, like Claypool was 78. And I think Mooney was, what, a 74 or something like that? So, yeah, I, I mean, it's about the same. I get why they dropped him. He severely underperformed. I might say this is a little bit high. Like I would have expected lower. I would expect it like a 74, 73, just because when he did get to the bears, he was about a non-factor. He really didn't do much, if anything at all. So I, I, there's the ceiling is definitely there. I'm a little bit discouraged by the placement on the PUP list, but it's still early. Um, I will say that this is a little overrated though, just because he was a total non-factor. Once he got to the bears, I think it should be a couple points lower. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what's, um, what Madden needs to do a better job of is like not being subjective and actually just like looking at game <laughs> statistics and tape and stuff and like properly rating them based off of that. It's and a lot of tape to that, watch for then, every player in the yeah, league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah, well, I mean, you have like what, like 11 months after the game comes that's out to fair. figure it out, that's you true, know? Uh, but I mean, I, again, like, I, I'm with you. You can't really argue with it based on his performance from last year. Like, yeah. you, you just can't. And this is a big, big prove year this year for him. And that's why it's a little unfortunate. He's on the PUP. Am I concerned about it? No. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, worried about what this means for his future of the 2023 season like sure. I, I think it's kind of an overreaction like if he's dealing with something i'd rather have him you know sit out and be healthy um but i'm, I'm fine with 76 last one before we go to finger otas tremaine Edmonds comes in an 87 uh let's go i like that i don't yeah. know if he should be any higher than that I, I think that's probably rated now i will say our guy rokon smith or i guess we shouldn't call him our guy was i believe the second highest rated uh linebacker behind fred warner so tremaine Edmonds, 87 not too bad overrated underrated uh, I will say, I'll say th th like, I, I hate to use the word overrated cause it sounds like a, a negative con connotation. Edmonds is really good. And I think he's going to have a good season. I think this is slightly overrated though. Cause there are some concerns just about his overall ability, uh, especially just as kind of, a, I mean, he made some plays, he made some big plays for the bills, but just his base game. And it's like, it, as far as being solid across the board and just like game to game, giving you the same stable performance every game. So I will say like his ceiling is definitely 87, but as far as game to game ability, I think it might be a tad overrated. Maybe I was expecting like around the 84, 85, but I, I don't say that negatively. I just think, I mean, the real answer is probably about appropriately rated, but for the sake of the game, I'll say slightly overrated. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much properly rated. You got Nick Bolton, 87 around, and Bobby Wagner, 89, CJ Mosley, 85. Like, I think he fits in with those players. Sure. Um, let's go to Thinger OTAs here. Also, shout out to everyone in the chat. We got some people back in here. I am Scott Thanks. Shane, uh, Jacob Pondadon. Like, appreciate you guys coming back in. We'll be back with a bunch of content coming forward here on a weekly basis. But let's go to Thinger OTAs. We did this a couple weeks ago. Or, no, we did Thinger OTAs a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Now we have Thing or Training Camp. Sure that's do. where we're at. So I'm going to read evolution. Jake here. Ahead of the evolution, a headline, a storyline, and you're going to tell me if that's a real thing or is it just the typical training camp media narratives that are fabricated and created by people like us. We are completely victims of it in the media space. Um, let's start with this. I kind of read it to you already, uh, or, or we talked about it. The Bears front four is currently the worst in the NFL. Is that a thing or is that just training camp? 
I mean, I think it's a thing. Like, you were rated the worst last year statistically. You were terrible. I think this is absolutely a thing. <laughs> Obviously, you addressed it in the draft. Obviously, there's still time. We talked for, what, 10 minutes about how you can address that. Maybe it's Yannick Ngakwe. Maybe it's Justin Houston. Maybe it's somebody else we haven't even talked about. But I think that it's for sure a thing. I mean, statistically, look at last year. It is definitely a thing. Yeah, at this moment, it is very much a thing. All right, Eddie Jackson went to Twitter. He's feeling good. He, as he does. He's, he's typical, big on the Twitter. As he does. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he's pretty big on it. Um, Very, Active, like, typical, like, NFL player. Jackson, is that a thing, Jake? Or is that just training camp? I mean... <laughs> It's a typical it's hard like, to say it's a thing. It, like it, it's hard to say it's a thing, but it's a typical safety talk, defensive back talk. Like they always have these grand proclamations, you know, that's like they're going to do something amazing. I will say, I do think that Eddie Jackson can have a really, really good season. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy? I mean, last year he had like the, he had kind of a rebound season last year. Uh, and they, I mean, he won like the Bears like interplayer what award, what I forget what it was called, but like the players voted and like named him like the best takeaway artist or whatever the exact title was. And I think that's fair. I mean, Eddie Jackson can be really good. I'm going to say it's half a thing and half training camp. The half thing being we've seen it. It looked like he can thrive in the Matty Rufalus defense. The training camp part is, can he stay healthy? Like it's just, we have not seen in a few years, Eddie Jackson have the ability to stay on the field. And once, if he proves that to us, I'll say this is the thing, but as of right now, I'll say half and half. I'll split the difference. I, th I think that's completely fair. I think this could be a major thing. Eddie Jackson in this defense has the ability to have another 10 plus interception season. Like he was on pace to have last year. And if he does that statistically get up to like 12 interceptions, I think the record's probably like 13, then yeah, he could have one of the best seasons ever by safety. I mean, you'd put his 2018 season up there. Like I think you'd put his 2018 season up there with best individual single season performances by a safety in NFL history. I mean, he had what, like three pick sixes that year and yeah. two in like the clutchest of moments in the fourth quarter. So he was on that trajectory uh, I think that, for sure. He was on that trajectory. I think that could be a thing. And I think he had a pick six last year, taken away by a penalty. Yes. Um, it's happened to him that. a lot in his career. Um, we got a few more here. Let's do this. Justin Fields. He was like answering a question. I think like the interviewer asked him like, will you be like the first Bears quarterback to have 4,000 yards? And of course, what's he going to say? No, like right. obviously he yeah. said, yeah, like I'll be the first, um, First at 4,000 yards, but obviously never has happened in this franchise, and the hype around Justin Fields is real. Justin Fields will throw for 4,000 passing yards. Is that a thing, or is that training camp? I went back and forth on this one a lot. I mean, mostly because he obviously didn't even sniff that number last season, and that was due to a lot of factors. He was running a lot. Offensive line wasn't great. Offensive weapons were not great outside of, you know, really Cole Komet and a little bit of Darnell Mooney before he got hurt. Um, and now you've upgraded that significantly. I, I mean, we've talked about over and over how now your receivers are DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool and uh, and a couple of receivers that you're high on, uh, whether that be Scott or Valus Jones Jr. And uh, now and that's as opposed to last year where it was Mooney and Simba Webster and Dante Pettis and Equinomia St. Brown. Like, that's a big upgrade, and that's great. And you hope that the offensive line can be better. I will say that this is a thing tentatively. I think he can get there. I think there's absolutely the potential to get there. It's just a matter of what you get. <clears throat> excuse me. It's just a matter of what you get from the offensive line. And if you have stability there, uh, this is directly tied to the offensive line. I think Justin Fields definitely has the arm, the talent, and now the receivers to get there. It's just a matter of health on the offensive line and his own, of course. 
So if you do, if you talk about health, let's say it's 15 games he plays. Let's assume he misses two games to injury, which is probably going to happen. Um, just the bangs and the bruises of playing his position and as much as he runs, you would have to get to 266 yards per game to get to 4,000 if he played 15. I think there's going to be a couple games this year um, against teams like the Lions who still have you know weaker defenses where he could throw for 350, 400 yards uh, with TJ Moore in this offense. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm I'm going to go Thing. I mean, I I, I am going to go Thing. That is no surprise that the Justin <laughs> Fields jersey hangs behind me on the screen if you're watching on YouTube or Twitch. Um, I'm going Thing here. The last one I had was about Chase Claypool. I guess uh, you know you don't really have to do it, but I I, I guess I didn't. You don't really answer this, but like. Claypool on the pup list is that a thing or is that just training camp for you like are you are you legitimately concerned like is this shades of Alshon Jeffrey in your eyes like concerned about Ooh. whether he's actually an impact at all uh because it's soft tissue that's what they labeled this right, as soft right, tissue right. in June and he did which... end the year injured last year uh mm-hmm. I will say this is a thing regarding my concern because we're not really getting clarity on it. Like we we're not getting straight answers. And that was always a thing with the previous regime. You never really got straight answers, especially about injuries. It was always so ambiguous and up in the air. And that's kind of why we got frustrated with the previous regime. And that's what we liked about this current regime, at least through one year was they always told you straight up, like what was happening generally. And, you know, as much as, you know, football personnel can and, and do on a general basis, but it's just like, it's not great, and I would feel worse about it if you didn't have DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney wasn't on track. As I just absolutely knocked this mic over, uh, you know, it's you have other sure. options. You're not only uh, counting on Chase Claypool, so that mitigates some of my concern a little bit. But you gave up a second round pick for the guy. It is still concerning that it seems like you're not on the right track to rebound from his showing last year. Well, it's also I think evident to me that the rapport between him and Justin Fields needs to be. I don't. I guess at this point you could say rectified because there was none of it last year, and those things we talk about every year are built through training camp. Yeah. Um. And, and you need that time to build that, you know, connection, and it's already been built with DJ Moore. We know it exists with Darna Mooney, and he's really the last one that you're waiting for to have a real solid connection, so that Justin Fields knows where Chase Claypool is on every given route on any given play. And missing what whether it's two, three weeks of training camp is it's it's going to affect that. So I'm hoping he comes back soon. Again, I'm not worried about the outlook for 2023 as far as his health. Like I think at this moment, I know it's really vague as uh based on what's given to us by the Bears organization. Um, but I'm I don't think this is an Alshon Jeffrey like gonna miss 12 games this year because of soft tissue type stuff. Uh before I head out real quick, training camp does start what did Jake say 44 hours. That's unbelievable. I'm so excited. Um I've already been seeing the videos from Jets camp. It's getting me excited to see videos from Bears camp um of passes from Justin Fields to DJ Moore that really mean nothing because it's camp, but they get us <laughs> absolutely hyped. Uh a couple of names to just keep an eye on uh throughout camp. A name that I think a lot of people have kind of shied away from after last year but a player who i think could have one of the biggest leaps on the roster this year is kyler gordon i mean this is a guy who showed the ability last year to make plays he had the interception almost a pick six against the uh new england patriots and then had back-to-back interceptions against two of the best quarterbacks in the league in josh allen jalen hurts this is a player who returning to the slot at his natural position is going to thrive there and really show that he can make plays i think he's going to be one of those players where week after week day after day you're going to be hearing his name like kyler gordon had a good day kyler gordon picked 
off Justin Fields. He picked off, you know, PJ Walker. Like these are things that are going to happen. And along with him, Tyreek Stevenson on the outside is one of the most highly titled rookies of this class and somebody I'm really high on. And of course, let's go to Tyler Scott. If, with Chase Claypool out, you're going to believe that Tyler Scott will get first team reps, um, at least for the couple, you know, first couple of weeks. I think he's going to be more impactful and better than Bayless Jones Jr. So just keep an eye on those names. Let's go Tyler, uh, Kyler Gordon. Tyler Scott and Tyreek Stevenson. I think those are three names there by the first week of camp. You're going to be hearing a lot of buzz about those three guys. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And of course we mentioned Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter off the top as well, but we'll keep you updated. Uh, we'll do a post training camp or our middle of training camp episode coming up here soon. So stay tuned for that. But for right now, this has been bears nation podcast. We are back. Stay tuned on our Twitter, me at Jake underscore H a S two him at Kev Charles one, one, two. And of course at bears nation pod and at on top sports for everything bears nation pod, everything Chicago sports go to on tap. We are proudly presented by them. This has been bears nation podcast. And until next time, bear down. <laughs>